Hi, I'm Bradley Simmons, personal trainer to some of the UK's most loved celebrities, football icons and Olympic athletes. With so many opinions flying around and influencers influencing, it's time to weigh up what is fact, what is fiction and what needs more focus. Dan Lawrence has been a coach for over 17 years. In this time, coaching over 30 champions across multiple sports, including NFL Super Bowl winners, undisputed world champions and England international footballers. He is currently head of performance at Matron Boxing and has been working in professional boxing for over 10 years with athletes such as George Groves, Josh Taylor, John Ryder and many more champions. He is featured in major publications including Men's Health, Men's Fitness, Esquire and more, as well as Sky Sports TV series titled Fighting Fit. Yes, Dan, we've known each other for a very long time, mate. You've been best friends with my brother since, what, secondary school? We've been to Bali together. You've helped me on my journey as a personal trainer. You've been one of the best in the business. So it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast, mate. Appreciate you having me here, Brad. It's been a journey and uh, yeah, great to talk to yes. you today. What are you up to today? I've actually just come from the gym. We were at a gym called Manor in Victoria. Nice. Really cool good setup gym, there. Really gym. good gym. Yeah. It's all centered around mental health and actually had one of our members for a business that we got 365 and just uh, I actually jumped in on a workout with him. So a bit of a throwdown session and uh, here we are. I didn't beat myself up too much because uh, I wanted to be able to put some and words mate, together. You've got so much going on. You're going to Mexico very soon. We have. We've got, so one of the roles, Brad, is uh, head of performance of matchroom boxing. Yes. So I work with some incredible fighters, and one of which is John Ryder, who's fighting none other than Sol Canelo Alvarez, yes. the biggest name in boxing yes. for the undisputed world title in Guadalajara, Mexico. So we head out to Vegas in about 12 days' time for, for about eight, nine days there just to acclimatise and then head over on fight week to Guadalajara mate. for uh, Into the Lion's Den. Mate, so talk to me, what's your role when it comes to John Ryder as a strength condition coach? So as head of performance, strength and conditioning is the primary driver, but there's a lot more that goes into it. And a motto that I have, Brad, is above and beyond. And anything mm. that needs to be done that's going to lead to performance optimization, I will do it. So at this moment, we're looking at Villa's in Las Vegas to make sure that he's settled, he has the right yeah. place. Um, and that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm also speaking to Duncan French at the UFC Performance Institute to ensure that we have the proper training base yeah. in Vegas. And then the flights are taken care of us uh, for us when we go to Guadalajara. But as soon as I'm in Vegas, I'll be looking at where to eat, what to do in Guadalajara. So it really is anything that can allow the fighter to focus on what they need to focus on, which is the fight, and deburden them. I'll take care of. 100%. Are you looking after his nutrition or is that someone else or are you working alongside the nutritionist? Because I know that's so important. It is very important, especially in a sport that's governed by making weight. You know, you don't yeah. make weight, you don't fight. I actually do do the nutrition for John and many other fighters. I do work with some incredible nutritionists as part of my other businesses as well. But uh, for John specifically, we do take care of the nutrition together and we have an approach that's worked for us in the past and... Uh, yeah, why change something that's working for you? 100%. Someone like John Ryan, how, how often is he in the gym with you? Because we, we don't see it really much every day on Instagram because you want to keep things quite private, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I actually only have two touch points in the gym with John and, and the other guys. So I actually go to Essex, a place called Brentwood, uh, to the Matchroom Gym on Wednesdays. Mm. So I'm there tomorrow. And on Saturdays, I see them at BXR in Marlebone, which for the lads is great because especially the Saturday, it changes the environment a little bit. It's a very, you've been to BXR, yeah, Brad. It's, it's a, a different type of gym, let's just say, to a spit and sawdust boxing. <laughs> Gym, yeah. so the lads like it uh, and then I'm on comms every day so we speak every day they send me their weights each morning nice. um, we do a lot around the kind of mindset as well so yeah there's a lot that goes into it but I actually only have two physical touch points with them per week 
Okay, okay. And it's one big fight. I'm buzzing to see it. Um, I even did a bit, a little bit with John Ryder in the Fighting Fit. Remember that time we were doing I Fighting do, Fit yeah, for Sky yeah. Sports? That was class. That was People good. are probably listening to this. You might remember just before lockdown, me and Dan uh, took charge of uh, Fighting Fit, Sky Sports with Matchroom Boxing. We put even uh, Eddie Hearn through his paces. Uh, I think, you know, I think Eddie Hearn was the best episode, Brad. He was <laughs> yeah. brilliant. And you know what? Eddie, to his credit, has now really bought into all things high performance and he's yeah. going for runs. He's doing a training program. But I think and he'll admit at the time that wasn't his bag and uh, he struggled through it but he threw a lot of bad mate that was a good that was a lot of fun (laughs) so Dan what are your three non-negotiables when it comes to your health and well-being obviously being you look the part yourself and we do we need to take pride in what we look like we have to be the role model to our clients agreed yeah I I have a big saying it's like you know don't just talk about it be about it and we have to live and breathe it and lead Mm. from the front Mm. uh, because then our words have more substance so my three non-negotiables, oh God, I could read a few off, Brad, because I talk about non-negotiables yeah, quite a lot. Um, I do believe you've got to have a longer-term goal and the non-negotiables feed into that longer-term goal. But three that I do on a day-to-day basis are 10 minutes breath work and mobility every single morning. Yeah. And my reason for that is I had spinal surgery nine years ago and I have to manage that. So um, doing some some mobility around the hips, around the thoracic spine, I think everyone would attest to these days we spend a lot more time sitting down, hunched over a desk mm. uh, with these digital meetings and uh, yeah, just just mobilizing those areas are important but also some breath work to change the autonomic state to get me set up to win the day that's another kind of hashtag win the day so, that so when you have. say automatic state talk me through so, that so yeah you've got your autonomic nervous system you've got two subdivisions parasympathetic and sympathetic without boring the listeners too much yeah. I'll break this down um, so you have like fight or flight which I'm sure we've heard of which would be the sympathetic division and then the parasympathetic is rest and digest so at certain times for example you want that fight or flight mode so one of my boxes the first bell you want to be yeah. you know ready for action but there's certain times where you can't be on all the time and you have to take some breath work and you can try control your physiology with um with some breath work so that's where you want to just take a moment with yourself be away from the blue lights yeah, be away yeah, from yeah, your phones and just be at one with your thoughts is that a form of meditation very much so yeah. without doubt and you've heard a lot of it yeah, now yeah, is yeah, the, you know, the, the meditation aspect and that comes with a lot of breath work because i was too. laughed at now now you're saying it's it's your fundamental yeah like right? it, it works for me and th- without doubt there's research there that you yeah. can change your physiology by by controlled breath work but for me as well brad i think you know i'm guilty of it that spend way too long on my phone, spend way too long in front of a computer these days. It's just having those 10 minutes each morning allow me to be at one with my thoughts to get me set up to win the day. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, because now I'm online coach, I'm constantly on the laptop programming, talking to my clients. For me, I get out with my dog and just literally walk for about an hour, hour and a half. Brilliant. And that's my way to meditate. Because yeah. there's, there's all different forms yeah, of meditation. Exactly. That's my way. I might listen to a podcast, might mm. listen to some chill music. Sometimes I just don't listen to anything Brilliant. and just listen to my own thoughts. Yeah. And that brings me on to my second one. Yeah. So my second one is audible before bed for 20 minutes. And the benefits really? here, Brad, are multifaceted. Yeah. So one, I'm learning, which I love. You know, I've got to have that growth mindset and try and get better every day. But the second is going back to the blue light exposure. So blue light will negatively impact melatonin production, which will then impact sleep. So I don't want to be phone glued to my face. Which many people do TikTok these days, Instagram reels. So that 20 minutes is phone on a sleep timer, Mm -hmm. get some knowledge, but also not be immersed on my phone so I can actually go to sleep. So, So that would be my second one. And. My third one, I actually fast until around 12.30. So I know there's some big so noise. I do. I, I kind of call it restrictive eating. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you call it intermittent fasting, 16, 8, restrictive yeah. eating. And 
day my days do differ but generally speaking i won't break that until around 12 30 so today for example we're filming this for context to yeah. the listeners at 12 30 i haven't eaten i've just had an ergogenic age a bit of caffeine just to try and get the brain yeah, functioning yeah, and uh, i'll be eating after this so look why do i do it do i do it for any kind of growth hormone benefits right. autophagy or anything like that no, it works for I, you it works for me bud yeah. it makes me cognitively sharper or at least I hope it does yeah. today. And um, it allows me to be more aligned with my goal of improving body composition, fat loss. So it allows me to be set up mm-hmm. to be in an advantageous position, to be in a caloric deficit. So that's why I do it. And others may have their reasons, but that's 100%. my thought process. Well, I'll come back to my online coaching. I've mm. many people I've done intermittent fasting before. It worked for me. I want to do it again. So I give them that program. Mm. If it doesn't work for them, we can go back to the four meals. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. Go back to sticking to those amount of calories, sticking to those good macros, Train hard in the gym, resistant training, back to the simples, mm. they're going to get results. But like you say, everyone's individual and not one fits all. I think for me as well, Brad, on that is that I'm, <laughs> I hear the fridge calling my name post 8pm in the evening. So knowing that that's a trait of mine and knowing that I'm generally speaking each day at yeah. home, probably doing some work at that time on the laptop, that I know that if I have that window earlier on in the day that I'm almost getting ahead of the, mm-hmm. you know, the curve, so to speak, that if I do have a tendency to back log my day in terms of intake that I'm in a better position to do so that doesn't then misalign with the goal that I've got on a daily basis and give us an idea of things you're eating is it similar stuff to what your athletes are eating it is quite similar to be fair you know with the athletes we follow um, basically a high-low approach based on training loads. So as, as I said earlier, yeah. especially boxers, they're governed by making weight. So unfortunately, they can't be fueled every single day. So we adopt it um, by Dr. James uh, Morton, I believe, mm-hmm. at Liverpool John Moores University. He's got this fuel for the work required approach. So actually, we look at like Monday, Wednesday, Friday for my boxers is high a high day from a training point of view. So actually, we need to be fueled. We need to replenish muscle and liver glycogen, have high carbohydrates in and around mm-hmm. those days. But then Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday... They're lower days. Mm-hmm. So actually we need to pull back on the carbohydrates. So yeah, mine, you know, my my carbs are I, similar actually, to be honest, Brad. On my higher training days, I, I dose it around training. Um, but protein for me is the big one, which again, for your listeners, mm-hmm. like we tend to work out around two grams per kilo of body weight. Um, So what's that for an 80 kilo male? That's 160 grams of protein per day. Round about that. My athletes actually sometimes go up to 2.5 grams per kilo of body weight. Um, But we know the benefit of protein to aid muscle protein synthesis, Mm -hmm. regeneration of tissue is important, but also from if your goals are reducing body fat, satiety as well. It's the most important macronutrient. Yeah, so. It keeps you feeling fuller for longer. Mm. And it more calories digesting so they're, they're my three um, I could read off a few more but uh, but yeah they're my kind of big three that I do that yeah. I literally do not compete with they are non-negotiable like brushing your teeth or at least I yes. hope like brushing your teeth oh, I love that mate so I mentioned some of the athletes you have trained in the introduction and you've you must have trained so many athletes ones that have got unbelievable ability when it comes to football, um, athletics, boxing. But is it true that hard work beats talent in your eyes and in your experience? Yeah, it's a great question, Brad. And in an ideal world, if you're saying what is the key to peak performance, I would say the two would have to merge together. Mm -hmm. You'd have to have some natural ability. And then if you can then work hard with that natural ability, anything is possible. There is no ceiling on that potential. I'd say, and we've all seen it, haven't we, where someone's technically gifted, especially probably in, back in the day mm-hmm. when you were playing football, yeah. you know, coming up with these lads who are technically incredible, mm-hmm. but actually didn't apply themselves on a day-to-day basis. And then the question would be, well, where are they now? And 
for me, you've, like the individual has to be coachable. They have to want to learn. And it goes back to the kind of growth versus fixed mindset, the Carol Dweck research from 30 years ago. Do they have a growth mindset? Do they think that they can absorb information from someone, apply it and get better? Or are they fixated in their ways and thinking technical ability is just going to get them to, to that level? Mm. And I think we all know, like I've worked in elite sport for a while now, that technical ability does not get you to the summit of that mountain. If you have that and then you merge that with serious hard work on a day-to-day basis, that is the recipe for success. Because we all know, let's keep it on football, we know yeah. the Jordan Hendersons, the James Milners, yes. who may be deemed by some as not technically the best. But they work hard. But they apply themselves. And they're still playing at the top, top yeah, level. Yeah, for a long period of time. I always use James Milner as a prime example, same age as Wayne Rooney. So genetics wow. may play a part. Yeah. He's around the same age as Wayne Rooney. Yeah. Gen- genetics may play a part, but he's still playing the Champions League. He's that's, still playing wow. the Premier League. That's that's such a good point. I wasn't aware he was a similar age, but I think, yeah, I've seen the Rooney and Ronaldo example. Yes. I think that where Ronaldo just applies himself every single day yes. and lives and breathes high performance, the, the longevity mm-hmm. of that career is just so, yeah, so 100%. much on Well, I think alcohol comes in there. I'm not saying Rooney's an alcoholic or mm. anything like that, but you look at the old school footballers, like the Mersons and stuff, yeah. that generation, they could have a lot of longer career if they stuck to the principles of looking after nutrition, their sleep, staying away from alcohol. Like, is that something you advise all your, I guess, your clients to do? It is, yeah. So for context for the listeners, we have multiple arms of the business. We have the elite sport. I do consultancy work in professional football or head of performance and matchroom mm. boxing so they're the elite athletes we also have another couple of arms of the business we have a members club called 365 which works with CEOs and entrepreneurs and business leaders yeah. so the reason I give that context is because it's not just elite level athletes the elite level athletes I work with they won't drink alcohol um, but the CEOs and business yeah, leaders you can imagine yeah, they yeah, 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 obviously yeah. would um, but we do educate them on that and say okay the correct choices at the right time can be fine. Um, something we do as well as part of 365, we look at like sleep data, we look at aura, we mm. look at whoop, HRV, mm. and then we try and give them the educational piece to allow them to make better informed decisions moving forward. Because it's not a dictatorship saying you cannot drink alcohol. I think yeah. you know, you're going to yeah. get some pushback there because there's no reality. It's not going to be a sustainable mm-hmm. plan for the CEO cohort there. But if we then say, well, look, here's the objective data. You had two glasses of wine on that Wednesday evening. On Thursday, yeah. we programmed some heavy back squats. And I know you love crushing those, right? You, your HRV is great. Your readiness is great. You went and crushed it. Well, the next week, you do the exact same thing. And on that Wednesday evening, you get a bit carried away and you have four glasses of red. Same thing. Yeah. You then go and do your program on the Thursday. HRV is low, falling off the cliff. Readiness to train is low. Yeah. You feel like crap, yeah. but you go and try and do the workout. And then lo and behold, your numbers aren't great. You probably tweak your back and yeah. then you fall off the cliff and you can't be consistent with your programming. Yeah. So then next time that happens, they're going to be have all the tools to potentially make better informed decisions. So I wouldn't say, oh, ban alcohol. No. But, you know, if it, if you can make it work for you and it doesn't then have a dominoes effect of trickling down into affecting everything else, then, you know. Well, 100%. I say this to all my clients all the time. If you get into the athletic mode, I'm not asking you to be an athlete, mm. but if you get into that mindset, then you're going to be so much more productive oh. for work. You're going to be so much more successful. Your relationships at home with your friends, people at work, are going to mm. be so much better. And you're just going to go far and beyond. I c- couldn't agree more, Brad. And like me personally, like I haven't had a drink since Christmas Day, actually, yeah. in Dubai with our friend Joe, uh, Joe Ackery over there. And I just feel so so much cognitively sharper because yeah. there was a misalignment between me drinking and then losing two, three days after a night out because I just wasn't productive in what I was doing. So now I've just had this clarity of focus and I personally don't need it. It's not aligned with where yeah. I'm looking to take things. What a big test of summer, mate. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a big test of summer, but we'll come to that another time. Um, uh, 
So how do you get from someone that is rock bottom back to the top again? Where do you start? I guess you had this with George Groves at one point, for example. For sure, yeah. We did with George. You know, I'd still obviously class him as an elite level athlete. But if we're talking for the the general individual now, I'd have to start, Brad, because we're living in this world where everything is quick fixes. Everything is, I want it yesterday and I don't want to do the work for it. And this is why we simplify our approach at Perform365. And we have these four pillars, simple pillars, training, nutrition, recovery, and mindset. Yeah. And mindset's the glue that holds the other three together because you won't be consistent without a solid mindset, as we we both know. So looking at training, having a program that's aligned towards that individual's needs. So whether they're able to train five days a week or whether they're able to train three days a week, whether they're able to go to the gym or mm-hmm. whether they can do a workout at home, mm-hmm. whatever's aligned to them, you know, if they have a family, a couple of young kids, then maybe training at home is all they can muster. Fine. Then we can put a strategy in place to, to reach their goals. Then nutrition... We say nutrition and training needs to be merged together hand in glove because there's no point you working really hard in the gym and then putting suboptimal fueling in. Yeah. We know that. Famous saying you can't out-train a bad diet. Exactly that. And then the third one is recovery because we see it a lot. Everyone just doing high-intensity training. We've had these chats over the years. Great. It absolutely has a place. If you do it six days a week, you're going to be in a chronic state of fatigue and you're going to fall off and it goes back to the big C word, consistency. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be able to be consistent. Um, So so that's where recovery optimization is so important. And we know, as much as we look at Aura, Whoop, and all of these uh, objective data-led recovery tools, that sleep is the best recovery tool and it costs absolutely nothing. So for any listener, you know, if you can optimize your sleep, and again, appreciate it might be hard if you've got a couple of young kids at home, then you will optimize your performance. And then mindset, you know, that's why we're here. Hopefully, the listeners will take away a couple of gems and they can apply it as of tomorrow into their routine because, you know, without the mindset, you really won't go far because you just won't be consistent with your routine. And let's go back to sleep for a quick one. Mm. How do you optimise your sleep? Because yeah. it's tough. People can listen to this. I've got two kids mm. or I've got a late night shift, blah, blah, blah. Everyone's individual. Everyone's be yeah. going to be at me like, a, yeah. like throwing the arrows at me, mate. So how can you optimise your sleep? Yeah, brilliant question. And you've hit the nail on the head, Brad. It's, it's an it depends answer because it has to be contextual to the individual yeah. situation, okay? What I would say, kids aside, is yeah. how do we create the optimal sleep environment? Well, we know based on the data, and even if you don't invest in one of these, that if you want eight hours, okay, which can be deemed quite an arbitrary number, yeah. but I think for simplicity, let's stick with the eight-hour rule, that you have to be in bed for nine hours, okay? So we know that based on analysing the data. So then... How do we, based on one of my other non-negotiables, yeah. uh, the Audible, how do we then minimise blue light exposure for like a 30-minute window before bed? Ideally longer, but let's be realist yeah. here, yeah? So then maybe the Audible hack would be problem-solution, okay? That's the problem, or this is the solution that works well for me. Um, it, nutrition feeds into it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm guilty of this, eating a little bit too late. If you're eating late, then, you know... You're yeah, trying to then break that yeah. food down, going back to autonomic state. Your body's working hard when we actually want it to be in that rest and digest mode. Caffeine as well. So Ca- caffeine. Oh, without doubt. Yes. Exactly that. Caffeine and people's tolerances to caffeine are different. Yeah. Um, as part of 365, one of my colleagues, Rob Madden, he's worked with Anthony Joshua, Lance Stroll, top practitioner. He can't have caffeine after 10 a.m. It blows wow. my mind. He's so sensitive. Yeah. Whereas other people might be able to have it at 5 p.m., which yeah. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not an advocate for. I personally won't have caffeine after 3 p.m. That's, mm-hmm. again, something, yep. call it a non-negotiable if you will. So going back to how do we create the optimal sleep environment is try and be in bed for a longer duration, i.e. knowing if you want to have eight hours, yep. you've got to be in bed for nine. If you want to have seven, you've got to be in bed for eight. Try, and this is hard when you gave the um, specific approach of it, like a shift-based worker, but try and stick to similar times. Mm-hmm. That's really important as well. Um, 
and just yeah, try and minimise blue light exposure as for as long a window as you can pre-bed. But also think about a couple of hours before bed. Start trying to bring yourself down as opposed to like, you know, are you crunching <laughs> crunching big deals work-wise a yeah. couple of hours before bed? Likely not, but, you know, that wouldn't be aligned with having a good night's sleep. I think we'd agree. So then going back to what I do in the morning, that could also be done at the back end of the day. 10 minutes breath work and mobility or even just some low-end breath work could be a good way to change that autonomic state if you are in a chronically stressed state to then optimize sleep. Hundred percent, and two more obvious ones: dark room and keep it nice and chilled. Yeah, love it. Dark room, room temperature. Yeah. Exactly. We're well, going back to the John Ryder point. As soon as we go away, there are things that we're going to be looking at. And okay. actually, I use God, the right state. If anyone can yeah. picture this, I use like the eye, not, yeah, the, yeah, not yeah, the cucumbers, yeah. but the eye mask and uh, the earplugs. So I get these earplugs okay. from um, it's a company in Sweden. They're incredible. They're literally sound blocking because I place such value on that. And I've just got some new shutter blinds in the room as well. Nice. So it's a dark environment. That's really important. That's really, really important. good point. Over the last couple of months, I've been using live jacket skin protection in my daily routine, a brand on a mission to stop the rise in skin cancer. Skin cancer rates have doubled since the 90s and are forecast to double again over the next 20 years. So not only is Live Jacket Daily SPF Moisturizer protecting my skin from UV rays, but from all weather conditions. I'm also quite picky with how products fill on my skin, but this stuff is weightless. For more information, visit LiveJacketSkin.com and give them a follow at LiveJacketSkin. All right, next question. What does it take to get someone to the next level performance-wise? So many people want quick fixes. What's your view on this? Yeah, so consistent application of foundational principles. And when I say foundational principles, I have to keep referring back to training, nutrition, recovery, and mindset. And we see things these days, Brad, especially again on social media, which is both a blessing and a curse. You've got to be careful who you follow on there Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of flash flash things that don't actually drive adaptation, don't actually promote change. So the fundamentals in training, like squat, lunge, yeah. hinge, get push, those compound pull, movements. get those big compounds progressive in. Progressive overload. Progressive, exactly that. And sure. how do we progressive yeah. overload? Isn't just weight on the bar. could be temper manipulation, more volume, more yeah. frequency of training um, to gradually accumulate more stress because then the body can yeah. adapt. So it's actually a very simple three-pronged approach we look at is stressor, recovery, adaptation. So if anyone, again, listening to this, they say, how do I apply the right stress and the right stress we can come to? How do I recover optimally? And then how do I allow my body to adapt? Mm -hmm. Because if you're constantly applying the wrong stress, too much stress every single session, your body breaks down. Which is high-intensity training. High-intensity training. Or, you know, which I know we don't, if you're doing five days a week of like max effort strength work, you're going to feel neuromuscular. You're going to feel beaten up, man. So it's, again, it's getting that right dosage and actually... I'll move back to the question in a second, but there's hopefully some value in this point is we look at it like a, tra- a traffic light system, Brad. So we look at red, amber, and green. So red might be the high intensity, the Barry's boot camp. Okay, yeah. fine. All right. Um, then the amber might be somewhere in the middle, like a moderate session. But then the green might be like some low intensity zone two aerobic work, heart rate between 120 to 150, going out for like like the runs that we had in, yeah. in Richmond Park a couple of weeks ago. Um, so that's, you know, pretty easy low end stuff to build the aerobic base. So if people are looking at their training week, a great way of looking at it is to say, well, I don't want four reds back yeah. to back because likely on day five, I'm going to break down. So maybe it's a, a red and amber then maybe another red, then a green, mm-hmm. then a complete recovery day. So I think managing it that way is, um, you know, pretty uh, pretty important. 
You made that point because I found it very difficult when I launched Get It Done. Obviously, my success through lockdown, high intensity, high intensity, high intensity, mm. and then all, that's all my subscribers wanted. I was again exhausted from doing high intensity every single day, and I mm. realised this needs to stop. I need to educate my subscribers that they can't continue either. So I have incorporated get high intensity, strength, high intensity, strength, strength. Yeah, and added yoga, some mobility, and stuff like and that. that. So I've incorporated and yeah. I've changed things up because I realised the longevity of this. My subscribers are going to get injured. They're going to yeah. get worn out. Cortisol levels are going to go yeah. sky high. I'm going to be exhausted. I'm able to maintain it. So I need to go back to my values mm. and stick to my values. If that means I'm going to lose subscribers, so, so be, be it. it. And that's a great awareness piece, you know, from your part. Yeah. So I, I certainly champion that. And that's it. That maybe it was too red at the time. Yeah. And then you put some green in and actually you then have the, a really solid program that yeah, gets great results. I saw some of the results. It was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. 100%. So back to the, I suppose, quick fixes part of the question. Yeah, 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 I think yeah. I'd like to probably say a couple of bits on that because I think we do, we live in a world where people are just chasing that limitless pill. They're chasing that magic pill of just, I need it, need it yesterday type thing. Mm. Um, And it's got to go back to that consistency. It's the tortoise and the hare analogy, you know, which is a great metaphor for life, I believe, is that, you know, if you apply yourself on a day-to-day basis, irrespective of how quickly you're moving towards the outcome, the end goal, as long as you're moving towards Mm. it, We've got to champion that as practitioners, you know. So as much as I'm coming on here and I talk high performance, if someone is just doing something on a day-to-day basis to get closer to their goal, well done. Yeah, 100%. So if someone's run a 10-kilometer, start with a power walk, then leads to two kilometers. Then it's a two kilometer with a power walk and another kilometer. So just little steps that lead yeah. to that 10 kilometer goal. If you're going to go straight for that 10 kilometer, oh, you're going to be burnt out down. and then you're going to go, I'm not doing that again. I can't do it. I'm not going to bother. So small steps that lead to that big goal. Spot on. You've got to have the outcome. You've got yeah. to know where you're going, but then reverse engineer the process and put the steps in place. And the best analogy I could probably give here is like building a wall. Mm-hmm. The outcome is to build the wall. We'd yeah. agree. But you don't focus on building the wall every single day. You focus on laying brick. Yeah. by brick, by brick. Yeah. And before you know it, you've reached the outcome. So as much as I truly believe you've got to set the longer-term goal, the outcome, because one of my favourite quotes, sorry to go too yeah, philosophical, yeah, yeah. Brad, is if one does not know to which port one is sailing, no wind is favourable. You've got to know where you're going. Yes. Otherwise, you're just going around in circles, right? You're yeah. treading water. So we've got to set that. But something we say as well, my athletes, is winners and losers have the same goal. The goal is to win. We'd agree. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't mean we're any closer to reaching the said goal. Mm-hmm. We've got to put the strategy in place to reach the goal. And that's where, like you say, like daily non-negotiables, winning the day, setting longer-term goals, but also short and mid-term goals. And something we have as part of our coaching program, Brad, is a 30-day accelerator strategy. So I think we'd all agree. It's all well and good. Like, come out of here. Someone might listen to this, I hope, and be like, yeah, you know, I'm ready to yeah, attack. Yeah, yeah. But then they just fall back into their bad 100%. habits. So actually looking at a 30-day accelerator of what am I going to do over the next 30 days? And maybe a commitment would be to say, I'm going to do X amount of workouts or yeah. I'm going to do these three daily non-negotiables. I'm going to stop drinking Coca-Cola. Literally. It could literally be as small as things. that. Yeah, 100%. Because people overcomplicate. It goes yeah. back to your question of quick fixes. People overcomplicate yeah. this performance journey. Keep it simple. Set a goal. Have good intentions. Create an environment that con- that's conducive to reaching the goal. And you'll be set up for success. And I know we're trying to sell our business, but if you can afford it, invest in guidance and help. Because I do it personally as well, Brad. I have... To, I've had business coaches all, all my yeah. life. I've messaged mentorships. Yeah, and you know, certainly I'm an advocate for that because I think, look, you may get there. 
but you might get there in 20 years. You know, I think if you hire someone who you resonate with, mm-hmm. who can inspire you, motivate you and guide you towards yeah. that goal, I think we'd all agree, like people do it outside of fitness and performance. They, 100%. you know, if they want their, their car sorted, they don't try and do it themselves. Yeah. They go to... Well, we were saying this on our run recently. I said, mm. when you're at the top, get a therapist because that therapist will keep you there. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. That's what we said. Yeah, yeah. No, or get a life agree. coach and that life coach will keep you, keep there, you there, keep you grounded, or keep you motivated the next level. and help you go to the next yeah, level. Yeah, exactly. So swallow your ego a little bit. Yeah which we've got mm. and take that advice on board get that help that you potentially need to take you to another level definitely and what sometimes the principles that will get you here may not get you there and what yeah. I mean by that is like if we're talking financials if you know let's just say for a 50k month you've got to do these principles yeah well, then to get to 100k a month, you might have to do something very different. So what got me here yeah. may be very different to what gets me there. The foundations without doubt will be the same, but the people that might you know, delegation is key mm-hmm. in that instance, but the people that might get you to the next level might be very different to the ones that assisted you in getting to this level. Yeah, 100%. Talking about business, mate, what is your goal with your business? Because obviously what you've created is unbelievable. But in, in, this is why I've got you on the podcast today because I think you've got the capability of smashing it if you get the right clientele on board and they need to hear about this. We've got different clientele. Mm. And I understand, I'm first one to say, we've got different clientele yeah. and what you are going to create and what you've created is in, is incredible. And we've said that, you, we've sat down and spoken mm. about what you've created, what I've created. We've both, both gone, that's, that's ledge. Mm. Love that. So for you, like, what is the bit, what is the end goal? Firstly, thanks, Brad. I really appreciate those words. And one thing I will say is you've championed me from day one, like your energy and everything has been, you know, I I can really attest to that and I appreciate it. And I think I'll, you know, flip it back to you as well done with what you're doing. So, um, so I appreciate those words. Look, what what is, (laughs) I was just talking about goals and outcomes. I don't even know my own, but, (laughs) uh, but no, look, we do have various different arms of the business. So I run a mentorship for coaches called Elite, which, you know, we can talk Mm. about in due course. I've got 365 Members Club, which is for CEOs, and, you know, yeah. high net worth individuals who want to optimize performance and use the principles of elite athletes. I have the online uh, built by Perform 365, which is, works with everyday athletes uh, who want to again use those principles of elite sport. And we have an incredible teams as part of this, the best nutritionists on the planet, the best physios yeah. on the planet. It really is for anyone who says, you know what, I'm not just going to wing it myself. I actually want the best and we cater for that. Um, I do have other other roles that I won't kind of bore the listeners yeah. with. I think the goal for me, I do have aspirations to move abroad, Brad. I'll be brutally yeah, honest. We've had I know we've had these chats that, yeah. um, to, to warmer climate, shall we say. So I'm trying to build the systems and businesses now that continue to move forward, continue to add value to people. Because fundamentally, my driver won't ever be monetary. For fulfillment is yeah. to work with the people that I want to, that I currently work with. And I, I again, I can speak mm. on that in terms of the boxes of how fulfilling that is when we walk out on fight night in Guadalajara, Mexico with John Ryder on May the 6th against Sol Canelo yeah. Alvarez. That you will not get from money. No. I promise you. No. Okay. That's intrinsically driven. So going back to like, what are my goals? I do want to move to Dubai. You know, in I've said potentially towards the end of this year in 2023. So I want to get my businesses to a sufficient level that allow me to do that. I've then got aspirations to build like a private members club in Dubai, where again, those individuals can have access to world-class practitioners. Um, The great thing about, obviously lots of negativity from the last couple of years with COVID, but the great thing about it is people are more receptive and open to working in this digital means. So I do believe human interaction is the most powerful. I seriously do. And I do believe in-person coaching. Yes, but... If you can build like a hybrid model yeah. for any coaches listening to this, a hybrid model that has in-person touch points is almost like a performance management role where you encompass everything, mm-hmm. not just the training piece to truly optimize performance and change people's lives. Then actually doing that via digital and in-person together 
can, can be really, you know, really useful. Mm-hmm. 100%. And going back to Dubai, like I absolutely love Dubai. But five years ago, I wasn't too sure. I went back recently just to have an idea how it's changed in the last four or five years. Mm. I thought I can really see myself here. Yeah. I think everyone champions each other as well, which yeah. I really like. And I you're think... surrounded by similar people, yeah. like-minded people, entrepreneurs, people that want to do absolutely. well. And not jealous people no they're elevating each other they all want to do you know what we had this chat again how long was that run because we had a lot of conversations (laughs) on it but um, on that run we were saying that everyone wants to champion each other and whereas people might be guarded of their network guarded of opportunities in the UK in Dubai they're like oh yeah I know this guy oh yeah here's his number you know set up a coffee and before you know it you're then you know, into the conversations and network and, and speaking to the right people that can elevate that's you. That's missing in London. You feel like that's missing a little I, bit. In I London. do to a degree. I do. There's been a couple of people who've really championed me and assisted me. I, I've got a guy as part of my uh, membership club now, Bay Downing, who's been brilliant. He's really, you know, mm. seen the vision and seen the value that we provided over the years. And he's got other people involved, which has been great. But I think other than that, yes, I, I do believe people are a little bit more guarded with that yeah, and I don't want so. to help people as yeah. much. And maybe, and I'm guilty of this as well, it's that head down mentality, just trying to move forwards. But actually, my big thing, Brad, and I've said this from day one, and anyone can attest to this who I've worked with or had conversations with is collaboration over competition. Mm-hmm. I don't believe we're competing with each other. No. I truly believe there's enough to go around. And if we can elevate each other oh, on the journey, then that's 100%. that's truly powerful. And uh, somebody who says a rising tide raises all boats. It's mm-hmm. like, actually, if everyone, if I win, you win, and someone yeah, else yeah, wins, we can all elevate each other. Well, I remember when lockdown, I thought to myself, but all of us influencers who were smashing it combined for one subscription, we wow. would all be absolutely laughing right now. Yeah. By the time we thought, no, no, I'm going to do it by myself. Yeah. I'll be fine. But I think to myself, imagine we all combined together. It would be, it would have been a joke. But yeah. no, 100%, mate. I'm, I'm actually going to be thinking about heading to Dubai, November, December. Get a good taste for it. Um, we mentioned getting Airbnb. Mm. It's brilliant for training. You're in sunshine. You're around like-minded people, mm. and the tax reasons as well. Let's be honest. True, exactly that. For me, it's like you know the weather, the vitamin D, the waking up every day of having a spring in your step. Yeah. I also like the fact that I think currently three hours ahead, sometimes four yeah. hours it's not ahead. That too, it's not that bad, is it? No, it's not. But and also it means that for me, you're ahead of the curve. Yeah. And then, like, you can actually focus on what you need to focus on, which I think for us will probably be training in the yeah. AM, uh, getting some high priority tasks done business wise. Then, before you know it, at let's say eight, nine AM UK time, yeah. you're then at what, 11, 12? Yeah, like, talking to your clients yeah, and making sure they're waking up. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Um, so, how did it start for you, mate? You went from a personal trainer to training, obviously, all these athletes. Yeah. Because I know for me, I went straight into it. I got qualified. Yeah. Is that Virgin Active? Start. Posting loads of things on Instagram. Next minute, John Terry, Theo Walcott messaged me straight away. And that was a rare case. Yeah. And at that time, I was like, I'm probably not ready for this, mm. but I'm not going to let this opportunity go. Brilliant. And where I learned so much from being injured at QPR and stuff, I thought, Joe, what? I'm going to go for it. Mm. And I did a really good job. Mm. Theo Walcott that season scored 20 goals. And I still train John and his family now. So I've done a good job. And a lot of people at the time have said, you're lucky. Look at this little kid. How did he get? How did he? Get, how did he get that? He's so lucky. But no, from you, mate, you grafted your absolute nuts off mm. to get to where you are now. Yeah, I think as well. Like you make your own luck, don't you? Though? Yeah. Like, like people can external people can say you're lucky, but you make your own luck. You put yourself out there. You do the work, and then you. Sometimes people do open doors for you, but they open them fractionally. You've got to plow through that door and own that opportunity. So I. Look, I do believe luck and preparation when they merge together, they yeah. can then, you know, allow you to get where you want to go. But it's not just luck. You weren't just lucky. So I just want to be clear yeah, on no, that. Of course, I know, um, yeah, of course I know that. But it comes with a hell of a lot of hard work. Yeah. So yeah, my journey was um, in commercial gyms, Virgin Actives back in the day. I've been yeah. 
show, show major now. I've been a coach for over 17 years. Yeah. Okay. And, and um, I originally started as a personal trainer. I went down the route then into more of an athletic centered model. Uh, I went through the kind of mentorships, the qualifications, all of that, the certifications through that journey. I had great experiences as well with mentors. So going back to your point of investing, I've yeah. invested at every moment of my career um, because, you know, there's people out there who know a hell of a lot more and continue to know a hell of a yeah, lot more than me. Um, so I'm willing to invest to get ahead. It goes back to the growth first fixed mindset. You know, am I just saying, oh, no, this is, I know enough, so I'm just going to get by? Or do I say, well, actually, no, I'm going to invest that um, and, and and then get better. So, yeah, it's been, it's been a process. It's been a journey. I started my own, I'm thinking back now, Brad, I can't remember even what I have for breakfast. Well, I didn't <laughs> have breakfast, but anyway. Um, so this is going back a while. I think like Dan Lawrence Athletic Performance was the first company. Um, I had a mini Cooper S Clubman. Do you remember yeah, those? Yeah. Had it logoed up on the side, the doors at the back. Yeah. I had some weights in there. Um, I then started Perform 365, God knows, probably about six, seven years ago, I'd okay. say. Um, and then, yeah, that's just kind of grown from there. And where really. did it take off you? Who's your first client that went? Um, from an athlete side of things, it was actually George Groves. George Groves. So yeah, George at the fourth time of asking uh, for the listeners for context became world champion. Yeah. Um, but he also, and you trained won't, him in that won't mind me saying this. You? Yeah, I trained him for both Frosch fights. So the first one, he, many would say, got robbed in yeah, Manchester. It was, I never remember it like yeah. it was yesterday. November the 23rd, 2013 it was. So yeah, a while ago now, he dominated Carl Frotch. Uh, wasn't expected to. He was this young pretender and, you yeah. know, stepped up and delivered. Um, Howard Foster then jumped in, what many would say would be prematurely, <laughs> yeah. but then that led to the second fight. The second fight, 80,000 people at Wembley Stadium. It was the hottest ticket in town. And for me, it made boxing what it is now. Yeah. Um, then you had the birth of AJ and all of that. But for me, it was George Groves, Carl Frotch that really galvanised yeah, the nation so. and beyond. And can I ask a quick question? Yeah. From what you know now, what would you have done different with George Groves? It, would there have been anything? Yeah. Because obviously, as you said, you've learned so much. Yeah, since good point. And I, I don't believe in like, you know, like regret no, or all of that. No, I think no. everything plays into where I'm at yeah. now and everything is an opportunity. John Kavanagh, Conor McGregor's coach, has got a book called Win or Learn. Yeah. And at that point, and for the listeners, you know, I'm not shying away from this, George got knocked out. Yeah. One of the biggest knockouts. It was one of the lowest moments of my career yeah. personally, but you imagine how George felt. Mm. So it shows the mental fortitude of that individual to then come back and win a world title. And by the way, we failed again in Las Vegas against Badu Jack, who's yeah. now just become like a three-weight world champion. We didn't know how good this guy was. Yeah. He just won in Dubai the other week at, uh, I think, Cruiserweight. He beat Makabu. So, um, but yeah, then to come back again and finally the fourth time of asking in Sheffield beat Tudinov to become world champion. Um, and yeah, just what a story of resilience and relentlessness towards mm -hmm. your pursuit of reaching a goal. So yeah, George gave me my break at the time. I'd worked with a number of amateur fighters at Repton, the prestigious Repton Boxing Club in East London, uh, some England boxers. And financially wise, is that it can be quite tough. It can yeah. be quite... Oh, for sure. Well, look, financially, this is where you've got to play the long game, Brad. Yeah. It's like, I looked at Which things... Which you've on a, done massively. I have. I have. I've seen these opportunities. And this is one thing I will say is that I look at things on a macro, not a micro yeah. level. And this is where many go wrong. They look at it just, okay, well, it's that amount of money. So yeah. well, what am I getting from yeah. it? I look at things on a bigger picture and say, well, okay, if I do that for that yeah. and do a great job, add immense value, get great yeah. results. They'll tell their 10 friends in today's times, and it wasn't real, God, I'm showing my age, it wasn't yeah. really social media then, but they put it all over social media. It opens doors. Well, when I got the role at BXR, so BXR and Marlborough, I agreed to work there um, two to two and a half times a week, I think it was. That was my original agreement uh, because I had my other stuff yeah. going on with the athletes at the time. And I knew that if I put myself in that environment, 
I, I back myself. I know I'm good yep. at what I do. I get results. You know, I had a body of work for years yep. prior to that, that that would open doors. And then I'm working with, you know, Middle Eastern Royal Family within six months and traveling the world and all of that. So I, I say that point because I think certain people are quite blinkered in their approach to say, well, I'm being very micro-minded in that. What about actually, if I do that, that will then lead to that, will lead to that and so on and build and nurture relationships, but always get results. So I think in that instance, yeah, like I worked with those younger fighters, got the big break with George. And when you said, oh, you weren't ready at that point with working with those big names, I certainly had imposter syndrome at that point and didn't think I was ready. I learned as I went along. And I think it's a great way to do the applied work is yes, you can read all the books and do the courses, but actually be in the trenches and learn and apply is really important. And George really championed what we were about. And um, over time, yeah, that opened doors to others, people, you know, people. Yeah, 100%. Because coaches will be listening to us now and seeing the likes of myself, yourself doing really well online. Mm. They're going, I want a bit of that. I want Mm. a bit of that. No, let's focus getting in the gym. Learning the basics, mm. getting your 20 to 30 clients, getting that experience, yeah. building your, let's say, your content on your Instagram. So people, mm. That's your website. People mm. go to that Instagram and go, yeah, I want to train this guy. He knows what he's talking about. Don't follow the trend. Yeah. Focus on you and your niche, which you've done brilliantly. Mm. I remember saying to you, geez, don't worry about 100,000 followers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Focus on the followers that are following you. Yeah. Completely different. Exactly. Um, and that's what they need to do. And eventually doors will open, opportunities will arise. Yeah. And next minute, you're training top athletes. I think that is such a good point, Brad. And it goes back to the everyday athlete who's looking to get results yeah. and they're chasing the quick fixes opposed to the fundamentals. Mm. Well, the same thing applies from a business point of view. If a young coach or practitioner yeah. is trying to develop their business, is don't follow the BS. Don't yeah. do the TikTok dances. Yeah. Yeah. The James Smith thing works for James Smith yeah. and great, you know, yeah. props to him. I'll yeah. tip my hat, but that doesn't mean it works for you. Yeah. Identify, and it won't happen overnight, but identify your own system. So we have, as I said many a time already, the four pillar approach at Perform 365. Yeah. Identify your system, see what works, disregard what doesn't, have a growth mindset, continue to learn, continue to evolve. And then over time, these doors will open. Yeah. And if people, when I say this to my mentees, if people see you investing in yourself, that is very powerful for not not just your existing clients, but for others in the social media yeah. world to see that you've invested in a mentorship, you've invested in a course mm-hmm. that, oh, wow, this individual is upskilling. I want to be part of that journey. Yes, 100%. And I quite always say, would you rather have a million pounds in your bank account or a million followers? You'd rather have a million pounds in your bank account, mm. 100%. And from that, you're going to open new win- uh, doors, you're going to yeah. um, start new businesses, go to lots of Dubai, more opportunities. Yeah. Don't focus on those million followers because you you could get lost. Yeah. It's very different today. Like how I started in, with Instagram, what, 10 years ago, nearly nine, nearly 10 years ago now. Mm. It was a different ball game then. Yeah. Now to gain followers, you got to be doing stupidness. Yeah. And you got to be, I'm going to say it, effing people off. Yeah. Do you mean? You, you can't be, be vanilla. No. You, you've got a challenge. Yeah. And I agree. And that's where, and I'll be honest, completely honest, I've never really spoken on this, Brad, yeah. is that there's been a bit of a tug of war, not lately, because I'm very, you know, yeah. I hate the word content, but I'm content in my own delivery mm-hmm. and, and where I'm at. I certainly know who I'm talk, trying to talk to and I certainly know who I'm not talking to. Yeah. Um, but years ago, when you do see people with big followings, it's like, oh, should I be doing something differently? Is my head going to be swayed? Yeah. But no, yeah. I can say hand on heart, I stay true to my core values and my values are very much aligned with adding value to individuals to help them change their life. Yeah. And I, yes, look, followers are important. You know, let's, let's you know, tell but how it is. I think the quality of followers is exactly. more important. The more eyeballs on you, you know, yeah. if you have, like you say, a million followers, but none of them resonate with you, they yeah. don't really know what you're about. You yeah. keep changing from this to this every single week, you know, then 
I'd argue having 10,000 followers where they're completely aligned with your ICA, your ideal client avatar. They completely understand your purpose, your values, and and what you're delivering. Mm -hmm. They're at your page, or I think you said your shop, your shop window, um, to really taste your product. 100%. 100%. Um, and they know what they're getting. Well, I've been asked to go on Love Island every year. Yeah. Been, and if I went on Love Island, would I be on a million, two million followers? Probably. Yeah. But are they the followers I want that yeah, exactly. like investment into my business? No. Is it either an alignment or a misalignment exactly. with your business? And I'm and glad I've stuck to my yeah, well done. values as well, mate. Chosen sure. right there, Yeah, <laughs> but that's good people around you. Good people around yeah. you is very important. Because if you're around over Love Islanders, you're gonna, you, want, you want to fancy that. Yeah. I've always stepped away from that. Not for me. Products um, in your environment. I'm going to take a minute out of this podcast now to talk about one of the companies I'm involved in, Leap Academy. Now, I've always been interested in helping others follow my path in the fitness industry and get qualified. And about a year ago, I was presented with an opportunity to work with some other great experts in the field to deliver courses to get you qualified. Leap Academy launched in Jan 2022 and the response has been incredible so far with 600 current students to become PTs and nutritionists. If you're interested in joining the fitness industry, I would 100% recommend Leap Academy. Our courses are fully flexible so you can study around your work schedule and family commitments. And our prices are amazing value. If you want to find out more, check out the link in my Instagram bio or DM me. You can use the code BRAD2023 for 30% off. So I'm going to keep it very simple with this question. What are your three points of advice for an upcoming coach? Or maybe a coach who's a bit lost right now. Number one would be authenticity. Mm-hmm. You've got to be authentic. Because as I alluded to earlier, if you're doing TikTok dances, you're trying to be doing, like you're trying to do things the way others have done things, yeah. you'll likely get lost. And then you'll get to a point where you're like, oh, I've got a complete misalignment with my values and what I'm delivering. And then you have to pivot. And that's when it's hard. Mm-hmm. So you're playing to someone else's tune. So authenticity is key. And that might take time to establish, you know, how you are perceived to others and how you present, etc. But be authentic would be number one. I said it earlier as well. Number two has to be collaboration over competition. And I truly believe that people are so focus on their own journey that they don't think others can elevate them when actually if we're talking about stacking your offer and building an irresistible offer which if anyone yeah. listens to Mr Alex Hormozy is is something that he talks He's a great about guy a lot to follow isn't he yeah, really good really good follow actually yeah. guys Alex Hormozy uh, Hormozy on on Instagram yeah. I believe got a book 100 million dollar offers but his delivery is incredible and he talks about making an offer that's so irresistible people cannot refuse it and um that's what he calls an irresistible offer so Stacking that offer with other practitioners like nutritionists, physios, meal prep companies, whatever it may be, can actually make your business better. And something I'd also say, and Russell Brunson talks about this, uh, the founder of ClickFunnels, of borrowing a brand. Just because, let's say you've got a million followers, and let's say the other person has a thousand followers, just because, and you want to borrow their brand of a million followers, well, just because you can't really offer anything in the following game there, what can you offer? What value can you provide? Mm -hmm. Well, maybe the person with a million followers has no time Yep. They focus on what they focus on, and yet they've got an email list of, let's just say, 200,000 people that never really get any love. Well, maybe you can write a couple of blogs a week that adds value to their audience. Yes, and then over time, they'll then shout about you on their socials with yeah. the million followers. Before you know it, you've borrowed the brand, you funnel those individuals into your thousand, which yeah. is now 10,000, 20,000, and so on. As much as we say it's not just about followers, but you borrow that brand by adding value. Yeah. So that's where collaboration over competition can actually be really advantageous of borrowing a brand. And I suppose number three, and this is not just for coaches, this is for everyone. Mm -hmm. Show up every day, every day. Tortoise hair, consistency wins the race. 
If you show up every single day, that will compound over time and that will bring you close to your goal. If you go in and for the gym goers, you do that one awesome Barry's boot camp and then you're completely beaten up for three days and then you don't show up, we know the outcome is not going to be positive. Whereas if you go in, you give yourself the right stimulus, the right dosage, you then recover, yep. you then drive that adaptation, mm-hmm. you then go again, you then go again, you keep building, you keep stacking the brick by brick. Yeah, you build your wall. Consistency is so key, mate. Consistency is king. And just show up every single and day. And be willing to put the hard work in. Yeah. And definitely. be willing to take risks. Things aren't always going to go your way. And appreciate that it's going to happen over time yes. and not yes. just like that. 100%. So, yeah, authenticity, show up every day, collaboration over competition. Yes. And also, I suppose if you can give me a fourth, Brad, on that is um, have an ICA, have an ideal client avatar, know who you're trying to talk yeah, to. Know your audience. 100%. Know your audience. You've got to know your audience because otherwise you try and talk to everyone, you resonate with no one. Mm-hmm. That's very true. It's actually quite interesting. With my online coaching, I thought my audience would be, when it comes to bringing clients on board, would be the 18 to 25-year-olds. Mm. It's actually 30 to 50-year-olds. Interesting. Interesting. So yeah. now I've had to adapt. I've had to do a lot more research on the menstrual cycle mm. when it comes to the menopause. Pre- and I absolutely love it. And I'm mm. learning so much. So when I speak to my online clients, here you go, this is what I've learned Brilliant. and I can help them out. And that there is a casing point of growth mindset. Yes. You've identified your ICA, there's been a pivot in your ICA, and you said, well, I'm not going to rest on my laurels because I'm Bradley Simmons, I've got X amount of followers. Yes. I'm going to upskill in that area because that's what they require. Mm-hmm. So that's, again, that's why you're where you're at now yeah. because you're willing to do the work. And well done for pivoting. And I think as well, as well, maybe going back to the coaches, your business model of GID, get it done, yeah. was more aligned correct me if I'm wrong, towards the 18 to... Yeah, it was just very generic. Yeah. If you fancy these high high advanced sessions, then mm. go for it. But then you're now offering online yes. bespoke coaching. Yes. Well, actually, which is at a higher price point, correct yeah, me if course. I'm wrong. So that therefore means that the yeah, the age actually slight, slightly increases. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, big time, because your audience, 18 to 25, can they afford it right now? Living in the UK mm. is tough, mm. but the older generation can afford that mm. and will happily invest in that because they feel like they are getting older, but they don't want to get older. Yeah. So they want to do everything they can to feel like they're 30, 40 still. Yeah. And that is looking after your nutrition, good sleep, resistance training. Definitely. I all have to say, resistance training is so, mm. so important. Um, and you, I've, mate, you've told me about it, resistance training from day one. I mm. remember Paul Lima um, <laughs> from day one as well, big unit. And it's so, so important. The older you get, the more resistance training you have to do, for Agreed. sure. Agreed. Like We could go deep into it, but yeah, bone mineral density, yeah. uh, hormonal response and all of the other things that it does. Yeah. So yeah, even for the athletes from a robustness point of view, you know, that's, yeah, it's, it's fundamental without yeah, doubt. Of course. All right, mate, what's next for Dan Lawrence? Well, hopefully Dubai. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, when but you no. think that's November, December time. Yeah. Look, so we've I, still got time, we've got summer. Still got time for sure. Uh, lots of hard work yes. has to happen up until then. I'll be honest, Brad, I've been foot on the gas this year yeah. because of the longer term vision. Again, it goes back to the outcome. I you know, live and breathe what I'm doing now. My outcome is potentially to, to move abroad by the end of this year. Because of that, I'm putting the steps in place to reach that outcome. So we've got we've got a busy few weeks coming up. But the type of people we are, I don't feel we'll ever come off the gas, mate. No, I agree. I completely agree. And that can sometimes be our downfall. Yeah, I agree. There's yeah, there's two sides to the coin, <laughs> isn't there? Uh, I agree. But what I will say to play devil's advocate on that is if I'm in Dubai, yeah. my downtime will be still doing work yeah. with vitamin D 100%. by the pool as opposed to, mate. you know, it really so does. That one week in Dubai, I felt so motivated. It was so easy to create content, which mm. my followers enjoyed. Engagement yeah. went up. I was like, this, this needs to change. Yeah. As much as I love London, uh, my family's here. I got to put that to one side and mm. be selfish, mate. When I'm young, 29, got five years till I feel like I can actually settle down and have yeah. kids. Brilliant. 
got five years to smash it, mate. Something I say as well, you've got to be selfish to be selfless yeah. and you can't pour from an empty cup. And at the moment, my foot's been on the gas. I'm very self-aware that I do need a bit of a break and mm-hmm. I've got that coming up, which I'll, I'll explain. Yeah. But the Dubai thing is like... If I want to continue to be relentless and continue to build and continue to have serious impact, I think I need to change the environment that I'm in to do so yeah. that's conducive towards that goal and allows me to be fulfilled and live the life that I want to live. Over the next few weeks, we've got Joe Cordina fighting Rakimov on April the 22nd in Cardiff for the world title. Yeah. Uh, the next day, we fly to Las Vegas with John Ryder. So wow. it's a very busy couple of weeks. Yeah, of but then after that, Brad, I'm putting myself first for once this year Good. and I'm going to stay. I'm going to go to Mexico City for two days. So I've always been fascinated yeah. by the place. Then I'm going to go to Tulum and a place called. I think it's called Holbox. I'm probably butchering oh. the name, but it's beautiful. Just by the beach yeah, with yeah, a book yeah, and course. actually decompress and switch off because do. I just need to top up the uh, top up the batteries. To be brutally honest, mate, and then you go again. Yeah, like Dan has been ledge talking to you, mate. I'm guaranteed we'll do this again. Appreciate your time, Brad. Great talking. Thank you for listening to that episode. If you enjoyed it, please share on your socials and don't forget to subscribe. If you want more information about my online coaching services and get it done, then don't hesitate to message me at Bradley Simmons on Instagram.